You're listening to Dots, Lines, and Destinations, a travel podcast with hosts Stephen Seagraves, Fosma Moon, and Seth Miller. To episode 448 of Dots, Lines, and Destinations. I didn't see. Right. Start it over because I think I didn't start recording until you. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. no worries. Oh. Hello, and welcome to episode 448 of Dots, Lines, and Destinations. I am Stephen Seagraves, joined this week by Seth Miller and Mr. Fosma Moon. Hey, gentlemen. Good afternoon. Happy, happy Labor Day. Hope you're not laboring. Yes. <laughs> More than I should. <laughs> well, Foz, you got to take it easy. That's the whole point of the day. Ugh, well, man, that, that's a different problem. <laughs> I, I got a press release today from a U.S.-based company, and I just don't understand what they were thinking. Really? Yeah. Huh. That is odd. Yeah. Um... We don't have a lot of follow up. I mean, I think I think the one piece of follow up I'll uh, talk about is we we got we did get some feedback from people on why they carry their GE card, their global entry card, yeah, um, and and potentially some other people carry other cards, right? Foz, you said you carry your Nexus card. Um, no, I actually carry my I carry my Nexus when I go to Canada, but normally I have my passport card, passport card. And some people we actually got some feedback that other people do that too. They, yeah, and the reasons were many. Uh, no, no physical address listed on it in case you lose it. I guess. Yeah. Yep. Uh, security at Can- Canadian airports priority. Mm-hmm. Um, what else? Uh, I think there was just like a general. They don't understand because they never see it regularly. I don't know. Yeah, I, I mean, I think um, some, I saw someone say that you know they basically they don't want to take the chance of losing their license, so they just carry, you know, a passport card with them yeah. or the GE card, um, which I, I, it's a fair that's a fair reason. Most of the places I go, I have to drive, so I need my license. Yeah, interesting to hear people's thoughts. But if you keep it in your wallet, right, and don't pull it out, then you're less likely to use it, lose it. That's true. Like le- leaving it at security checkpoint or leaving it, dropping it somewhere else. Or exactly. Yeah. If you just keep it in the back of your wallet and you just use your other ID as your gateway, then you are less likely to lose it. Probably, you know, you probably have the same amount of confidence that you're going to You know, you can write the cars, but then you don't have the risk of losing it. Does... I mean, is it? Am I weird? Because I almost always just travel with my passport. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, you're weird. Why? Because you always travel with your passport. But do you? No. Really? 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 Like domestically, you don't carry your passport with you. Correct. Yeah, there used to be a day when I did, but that was when there was also a possibility I get on a plane and go and leave the country on a whim as well. But that doesn't really happen much anymore. Yeah, it's maybe maybe that's what it is. Is I've got pent up, you know, uh, wanderlust from years ago. I could solve that problem for you. Yeah. Well, what's the, hadn't solved that. <laughs> you going to take care of a two-year-old for me? No, but you know, <laughs> I, I just I wasn't going to create new problems. I just thought I was going to solve one problem. Uh, I gotcha. Okay. Um, Seth's going to launch a credit card that doesn't allow refunds. <laughs> no cancellations. No refunds. You book it. You took it. All sales final. <laughs> Um, Lufthansa is reactivating uh, the last two A380s they have, um, and at the same time, China Southern is retiring its last ones. Yeah. Anyone need a bigger plane? It is this is interesting in a few ways. So, uh, for Lufthansa, it's numbers seven and eight. At one point, they owned fourteen. They did sell six back to Airbus. So, seven and eight are getting uh, reinstated. Um, mostly U.S. routes. They're going to do Delhi. In the spring, I believe, or maybe in the winter. Delhi is coming back soon. Uh, That was also highlighted. But Lufthansa needs the capacity, and they had been depending on Boeing and the 777X, and that's like 
an eon delayed at this point. So um, the 380 is filling in there. At the same time, China Southern is getting rid of its last two because apparently they don't need the mega capacity. And, mm. and so I don't know if that's a shift in markets that China Southern is serving. If it's they can get other wide bodies, presumably A350s, that are sufficient to help it fill stopgap wise. It's it's a very weird dynamic and shifting markets that I just thought was interesting. Didn't they used to do China Southern? That is um, Guangzhou to LAX on a yep. A380. Yeah, that's weird. Um, but again. Yeah, but I mean, again, like that airspace, those routes are not completely back yet. So is it premature for China Southern to, to pull the planes? I mean, I guess if they're just parked, they could take them out of the desert again. But yeah, it's it's an or they're not expecting that, and they've got different plans for what their route structure is going to look like, or mm-hmm. you know, volumes or traffic volumes are going to look like. It's it's it is interesting. Um, to see that shifting. I guess not listed in the notes here, but we should also mention Turkish just signed on for another tranche of A350s. So, as they keep pushing some of their... They keep pushing 777s into India on wet lease and then taking new A350s for, you know, their own ops. So, that's an interesting one. And I remember also reading recently that Emirates also came out and said that they extend their... expect their A380s to be operating well as the 2040s. Yeah. Not all of them, but some of them, yeah. So... Qantas, because Qantas has parked a few, right? And Singapore has parked a few. Yeah, I think Qantas has most of them back now. Okay. Or is planning to bring them all back. Gotcha. So, Singapore. Singapore, Yeah, Singapore parked some and then they sold some, I thought, at some point. All right, like Malaysia Airlines had some and I think are parked and or still flying charters. Yeah. Listen, man, if Global Global Airways Airlines can get their ship together, there's plenty of planes available. I mean, you can... Singapore also had some of the oldest ones, right? So, yeah, that's true. Yeah. I look forward to gamer class. Hey. Uh, buy it. <laughs> no. Can't. Okay. Um, you know, it's it's interesting. The next thing you're going to tell me, though, with Lufthansa is that they're going to bring back the A34600s. And then I will go fly. They already did, didn't they? They did. Yeah, they're back. Oh, no. <laughs> yes. Bye, bye. It's bad. Yeah. Now you gotta go book a ticket. Yeah. Yeah, but that's different than flying it. Don't worry. <laughs> uh, so tell me about Qantas follow up and uh, a government lawsuit. Yeah. So one of our uh, longtime listeners reached out from Australia to share with us some news uh, about how pissed people are at Qantas these days. Qantas reported like two and a half billion dollars in profit mm-hmm. recently, and there's a lot of, and they're now. People complaining that that's, you know, on the backs of basically the Australian people who bailed them out and, you know, the whole uh, socialized losses, uh, privatized profits kind of thing. Yep. Yep. Um, And people being very upset about that. So justifiably, I think. Uh, But amongst that and like Joyce got called in front of a government or maybe not Joyce, someone that. Joyce did, another executive did, there have been some government inquiries, like Senate panels there, um, and basically, like, one of the questioning scenarios was the guy saying, well, you've done this, 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 and this, and it's led to that, and the Qantas executive saying, well, I, I believe your initial premise is wrong, and not answering the challenges, the questions. It's like, <laughs> you know, like, well, we didn't really do that, so no, I'm not answering the rest of your questions. It's kind of, 
bizarre in how that all about, but yeah, on. Yeah, good times, good time. Uh, and the lawsuit though is tied to apparently as Qantas was canceling flights, it kept selling tickets on them hmm. for up to two weeks. Wow. One example, like forty days. There was a forty day one. Maybe the average was two weeks. 60 yeah, days. the average was two weeks, but there were some that were much longer. Which I don't understand. I, I, it's not spelled out clearly in the story, and whatever. But like, if the flight is canceled, was it like internally they had a notation cancel this flight, and no one bothered to remove it from inventory, so they kept selling? Oh, are are their systems so terrible that like it could sell tickets that didn't cease that didn't exist? But, I'll go with the latter. Okay. Um. Yeah, Stephen, if you want to get on the 346, uh, Frankfurt to Bogota, Frankfurt to Hong Kong, JFK. Oh. Uh, Bogota, that's, that's sexy. I like yeah, that. Charlotte to Munich. Yeah. O'Hare, Munich. You got a few options. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. Finally got that loaded. Um, every day this month. <laughs> I think it's interesting. It's almost like they, with the canceling of the tickets or the canceling of the flights, it's like taking the float and investing the money. Yeah, <laughs> is that what every airline did? Pretty much. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. It's yeah, it's rough. Qantas is also getting attacked by labor now. It's not just the public side. Labor's also pissed at them, particularly after the profits and the payouts to Joyce. Yeah, well, well, I mean, justify again, justifiably similar to like the U.S. airlines who are embroiled, or not embroiled, but are, are slowly solving their labor challenges. But like flight attendants in American who approved their strike vote with a 97% approval or something like that, 99% of 97% voting, something like that, um, which does not mean a strike is happening. It's just one step in the long process, but approved it. And they're going back like, hey, look, our CEO's salary doubled and ours didn't. What the heck? Wow. Right? That's reasonable complaint. Like, yeah. we're all, everybody's working. If one person's salary doubled, shouldn't everybody's? Maybe a little too socialist, but like, uh, here we are. I mean, I, in the, and on top of all this, Qantas is also, uh, you know, dealing with, is it Qatar that wants to do some of these fifth freedom flights and is trying to get its foothold in the market? I could see um, the public pushing for that because they want more options and they think it's going to lead to lower prices. I mean, Qantas could be shooting themselves in the foot, essentially. I think they are. There yeah. was uh, an interesting comment from uh, someone else out there, a guy... Uh, relatively uh, big on the loyalty side of things, but talking about the idea that uh, Qatar Airways could become, uh, could basically become a more deeply partnered with Virgin Australia and try to bring them into hmm. One World and get Qantas booted out. I don't see how Qantas gets booted out of One World. No, no, no. Aren't they a founding, founding member? Yes. Yeah, so that was interesting, but the right, the Qantas uh, Emirates deal is very much not one world, and sort of breaks some of the not breaks, but goes against some of the one world partnerships in some ways. So, so hypothetically, what happened? Like, think let's think about this. If Qantas was to leave one world, what impact does it have on one world? It, well, assuming it's a one for one swap to Virgin Australia, because that's what's being posited on that theory. Um, you, you'd lose most long-haul connectivity. Virgin Australia is trying to bring some little bits back, like a 737 to Japan, um, and maybe has some other opportunities. But you'd, they'd be heavily dependent on other partners for that feed. It seems unlikely that Qantas would want to be standalone, other than, I mean, they've got the Emirates partnership, so that helps cover 
Europe and Africa, but for North America, you'd think they'd probably still want a partner, and I'm not sure which way they'd go there. But um, do they need a partner, given their uh, the discussion we had from last week, where they just want to go to more cities? Yes, because even if you fly to the 10 biggest cities in North America, there's still a couple hundred others you need to get to. Yeah, but you, you don't necessarily need to have a partner for that. You don't need a joint venture. You need interline and potentially frequent flyer partner. Ideally, frequent flyer, definitely interline. And so, I mean, you know, I would say potentially I could see Alaska maintaining a relationship with them outside of one world. Sure. So you get the West Coast covered. Yep. Still need East Coast, still need Caribbean, still need South America. It's it's, it's doable. And actually, South America is interesting. Well, does LATAM stay a partner? They keep mm-hmm. that as a bilateral, probably. And they're not a partner, are they? I thought they were a Sky Team, though. I thought LATAM's, LATAM still has partnerships, though, with a bunch. I thought LATAM still had a partnership with Quanter. Okay. They didn't. Yeah, they, they still do. Okay. Charles, you need to stop swallowing your microphone, man. Come on. <laughs> I'm going to move my microphone because I'm not eating it. <laughs> uh, yeah, they still have a partnership with, um, and so does Alaska, actually. With, with yeah. yeah. So, anyway, I, it could, what would happen? Uh, Qantas would still be fine. It would find other partners. Australia would see would be fine because people are still going to fly there. But a lot of customers would find sh- shifting priorities for some of their uh, travel needs. But who would lose more, One World or Qantas? Oh, I think Qantas. That's my opinion. I agree with that. You think Qantas would lose more if it lost One World? Yep. Yeah. Okay. I'm not sure, but I, th- I mean, my my reasoning there, is there's not enough there's not enough alternative yeah. for in and out of Australia for people to go elsewhere. Is my thought. But there's a fair bit more lift in and out of Australia now than there was 20 years ago outside of Qantas. Yes, absolutely, but still not enough for the volume of people going in and out. I mean, I think, I think where you struggle is you struggle to Europe. I think the U S you've got Delta, you've got, you know, American, American, you've got United, everybody going and then Hawaiian even. Um, and then to Europe though, it's really, you have to take the middle East carriers. Yeah. I mean, but they've got the joint venture with Emirates. So yep. what do they lose? Yeah, that's true. They actually are. They've already given up on one world essentially for flow to Europe. Mm-hmm. And if they got kicked out of, if they lost one world, they'd sign Delta as their new partner instead of American or United and be done with it. Yeah. Right. United needs our Delta needs a partner because Virgin Australia walked and went to United. Amer- I mean, American would probably want to keep them as a straight bilateral also, but if they had Virgin Australia because of one world, you know, does that affect United's one Virgin Australia partnership? I don't know. But anyway, it's not going to happen. So this has been six minutes of entertaining buffoonery. Oh man, um, Monarch. Uh, we talked about it last show. The reboot was coming. Uh, it may already be dead. They posted that they ran out of money already, which is what did they start with? Apparently, two quarters. I don't know. <laughs> right, like the whole thing was questionable to begin with, but now seeing this, I I have no idea who who paid for what and where you know some of these rights are. There was apparently also a bunch of filings in there. Uh, the corporate filing systems in the UK is relatively public Mm -hmm. and like every time someone like leadership changes or whatever and like their corporate secretary disappeared after a week or two like there's been some very quick changes and turnover in some things but in our bed of which would happen this or global airlines uh, 
which would come first. There's been some developments, let's just say. Oh, man. But after, after the website went dark and they said they ran out of money, someone came back and said that the exact, the CEO was leaving and the managing director was leaving and they were going to find new money and new people. So don't worry about it. It's definitely really happening. They'll come back again in another month. Yeah. Also, a friend of mine, they're like, relaunching with a brand name that's retired is silly. <laughs> oh, man. Um, and then Mexico, uh, the, the country of Mexico is trying to screw the Mexico City airport again. Yeah, Benito Juarez. I got that wrong. A couple. Yes, of you did. Yes, we were very corrected. Um, I deleted it out of part of this show for some people. <laughs> I was able to catch it eventually. Um, yeah, the Mexican government's cutting the number of available slots in October or at the end of October for the for the add a seasonal change from fifty two per hour to forty three per hour. And are, they make, are they making people reapply, or how are they going to enforce that? I don't know how they're going to cut them and which ones are going to get killed, but. Um, that's 17% of capacity, and it, the airport's basically 100% full already. So that's a whole lot of flights that aren't going to exist. Uh, you line that up with uh, AMLO, the president of Mexico, spinning up Mexicana, speaking of old airline names that don't need to come back, and building it out at the new airport north of town that's run by the government, um, by the Air Force. And the whole thing is bizarre and going to screw Aeromexico for sure and probably plenty of other airlines as well. Do you... I mean, it's interesting because they're they're basically going to put... They're going to force everybody's hand to go to the new, the new in air quotes, airport. Mm-hmm. Um, and less... And, and, and people are probably not going to like... I mean, it's, it's, it creates a whole bunch of issues, right? Does anybody like shifting behavior? No, I don't. I mean, I, I'm not. I'm not saying like the shift is the problem. I'm saying more the the airport is in the middle of nowhere, inaccessible garbage. Okay, yeah, so it's always Denver. What's your point? Uh, but I don't know that this one's going to catch up. I guess is my point. The only, but if if think about it, if they left Stapleton open, Denver would have never uh, developed. True. It's it's a fair point. Pause. I see where you're going, but I just don't know. It Mexico City's not Denver, right? Mexico City's built essentially in the mountains right. and you are restricted by mountains and it's not Denver like isn't? no <laughs> have you have you been to the denver airport no no i know that airport that's, that's, yeah it's on the plains very easy to get to um <laughs> of all the distinctions mountains didn't seem like one was going to come up to denver sorry <laughs> well i mean i'm talking about like you literally have the geography in the city itself right and building around that geography i think is a problem for mexico city you also have the density of mexico city you can't just like put a subway or a light rail i guess you can who knows how the mexican government works maybe they can they can just say imminent domain we're putting a train here i don't know but it doesn't seem like a smart move when you had the infrastructure already built for this new the brand new airport um with a subway line that was going to go out to it yeah and then you abandon it that's how that seems like a bad idea yeah now th- there are a lot of challenges with this uh shift to the Air Force Base Airport, uh, no doubt. And yes, yeah, there there are, I mean, there's a reason there's the perimeter rule to force DCA flights to Dulles, right? Like, there have been a lot of things done over the years in various places to help uh, encourage airlines to transition operations to new airports. But Denver, when they did it, just shut down and said, we're moving the airport. This is also not that. So, right, if, if you wanted to move everybody to Dubai World Central, the new... DWC airport south of town that's supposed to handle 
triple the volume of passengers and six terminals and 10 runways or whatever. It's a massive facility. That's cool, but no one really wants to go there. Everybody wants to say Dubai because it's downtown. And unless and until they either make Dubai local flights only or you know short haul only or something else, no one really wants to move. It came up again. They did a thing with like their master plan about, oh, well, maybe by the middle of next decade, we'll start building out the terminals there when when there's demand for it. And so I, I guess my point would be is you can't have asked this stuff. If you're going to do it, do it. And yeah. prepare for it and don't announce it six weeks before the or eight weeks before the season changes and make everybody scramble to figure out how they're going to get ground handling at the new airport if they want to keep operating. All, all very legitimate points. Yeah. It's, I, mean, I mean, AMLO's not good at aviation policy. I was looking. So it's about an hour drive from central, basically from the center of Mexico City. So kind of where the museum, it's kind of the museum row, mm-hmm. if you know that area. Um from there up to the new airport and to the old airport to, you know, Benito Juarez. It is 25 minutes, 20 minutes, depending. Let me see. No, yeah, right. I want it. But yeah, it's something like that. It's much closer. 25 minutes. Yeah. Oh. And you can take the subway if you wanted or the street tram or whatever. So, yeah, I don't know. Um, what else we got? El Al has a new frequent flyer program. Yeah. I mean, because that's what was keeping me from flying El Al. Um, <laughs> I don't, <laughs> tell me about it. Well, you know, building on their announcement, I think we talked about last week of trying to get more connecting traffic and stopover plays uh, in Tel Aviv and Israel. Uh, the new program is going to be revenue based earnings. Uh, they're going to do, uh, you can do credit card earnings. You can convert credit card earned points to status points. Um, sort of pretty standard stuff. They've dropped the amount of the dollar spend or the uh, to earn rates for some of the statuses down a little bit, mm-hmm. um, which is interesting. Um, they've also take one of the big challenges with the old program was that rewards all had a cash component. No, interesting. Um, everything was cash and points, basically. Uh, and so one of the big deals is that they're getting rid of the cash components. Hmm. So that that is a nice shift, arguably. Um, they, they're keeping an award chart, it would seem. Also, like, none of the details. This is like every airline. Not all the details are available. Yeah. Uh, it seems they're keeping an award chart, but in the press release, quote, the award fares will be updated every few months, assuring LL award fares align with market standards. Sure, we're charging you enough. Yes. And hey, listen, maybe they'll actually drop fit rates every now and then, but I'm not betting on it. No. And they're going to have a new user-friendly calculator to display the award fares. It'll be an innovative tool that will make using Mead points for air travel easier than ever before. What do you think? I mean, so there was the, their partnership with Alaska. They've They've kind of taken kind of an interesting partnership way of doing things right they they've just partnered up with random people they've kind they're kind of like alaska do you think that they go full um monetary value of the miles against those so you know the rewards become less useful yeah they've been with the caveat that they're going to still have award charts but for you know adjust them up from time to time 
It mm. sounds like they're basically there. Okay. Well, well there also all existing points get multiplied by fifty. So I don't know how, but old earning rates were not great. Divided they're by fifty. <laughs> they're claiming that the new that at least to start uh, awards are going to be ten to forty percent cheaper. Or maybe that's just sales for certain popular destinations. I don't know. Was... <laughs> um, and then let's talk about Nats. Uh, not the bug. Um, the North Atlantic is it the North Atlantic? Uh, yeah, UK's National Air Transportation Service. I don't know. Yeah, National Tra- Air Transportation Service. Um, it's it basically failed uh, over a series of days and has caused. Oh. It was only out for like six hours, eight hours. But I just had to be on a holiday. It was a bank holiday Monday with like one of the heavier travel days for the UK summer. Yes. And do we know anything about what caused it? Yeah. Uh, bad traffic filing. This is wild to me. So someone put in a, a request. So you, you filed a flight plan uh, somewhere. Apparently su- sufficiently malformed that the system that was... Auto, it was tasked with automatically processing it choked and said whoa this didn't work and a backup system looked at it and said yeah this really didn't work but instead of just throwing that one away or rejecting it they stopped automatically processing all new requests yes so that seems bad to me uh, terrible yeah. basically we basically went into a loop and couldn't get out of it essentially is what it sounds like yeah, I just, it, but then they had the cojones to issue a statement saying this wasn't a cyber attack. Don't worry. Yeah, I don't know how you malform a, 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 a flight plan bad enough on accident to bring down the system, or have a system that can be mal, can accept malformed things. I, I, yeah, just it, it makes your head hurt a little bit thinking about this. Um, there was something in Poland too, right? That Poland had something similar happen. Um, part of their the answer is the train thing you were talking about. The train thing. I mean, it was like a simple. It's a very simple. It's usually the simple, yeah, the the simplest things, right? It was a radio transmitter for the Polish dispatching train dispatching system. Um, was able to be hacked, um, and took down the Polish trains for hours. So, issue, right? yeah, it's still it's an ongoing. You send like the proper string of characters over a certain frequency, yeah. and on near a train, the train automatically stops because it's. Uh, not a crash code, but like a, a yeah. an emergency halt code. Yeah, yeah. I don't know, Foz. What do you think? Did this impact you at all? I can't remember if you were going to the UK. No, it did not. It's not using like this antiquated technology. Just you know, people have really taken the wrong go approach. Just set it and forget in the corner. <laughs> but hey, they got their mileage charts updated. I mean, even shares has the ability to reject a f- uh, failed reservation for manual intervention. <laughs> oh man Nats was formerly known as National Air Traffic Services and is now just Nats Holding Limited oh interesting so it's a private company yeah it, that brings up an interesting point right all with the promise with all those privatization years and years ago was that the stuff was going to get, going to get updated mm-hmm. and so where is the why isn't anyone challenging that aspect of it next up British Air Traffic Control that'll be what it's going to it's going to get re-socialized Nah. Like everything else. No, it's true. But they, they split up all the trains. They split up, uh, what did they split up? They split up power and water. Power and water. Well, that was yeah. a mistake. 
that 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 all of that all got renationalized. They haven't renationalized power and water yet, but they should. Uh, power is. Has it? Water. It's not. It's not all nationalized. It's not under one umbrella, but it's nationalized to the states. I thought there were still a bunch of foreign investors, and so some of that shit. Some of them. Some of them. Yes, do have foreign investors. But National Grid UK now exists. Uh, there's WPD, which is Wales Power. Um, yeah, they yeah they've they've tried to rebring it. They've tried to rein it in. Um. <laughs> uh, so, we'll we'll see. Yeah. Uh, tell me about Mr. Jimmy Buffett. May he rest in peace. Avid uh, aviation freak. So, uh, he flew. He had his own seaplane oh. for a long time. There's a story about how. He was traveling with Bono from U2 on board, mm-hmm. and Jamaican authorities shot at him because they thought he was smuggling drugs. Uh, interestingly, the story ends without recognition of whether he was or was not, in fact, smuggling drugs. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, there was that. But he, he uh, if I remember correctly, he had a seaplane that was part of the Chalks Ocean Air Fleet, technically. Okay. Well, it was like private to him that was flown by their staff when he wanted it to be. Because they also flew the seaplanes. He, uh, the old Grumman uh, planes, he had basically, he owned one that they main, that they did the maintenance and pilot services for as a charter operation for him. Hmm. So, some, some good aviation history there. Yeah, the plane was known as the Hemisphere Dancer. Yeah. And it was shot at by Jamaican authorities. He actually wrote a song about it called the Jamaica Mistake because he's Jimmy Buffett. Yeah, apparently, like he was had a pretty good history of like someone would say something funny. It's like, oh, I think that should be a song, and like a month later, he had a new single out. <laughs> Very quick turnaround on some of the stuff. Oh man, well, we'll miss him and this music. So it's kind of cool. There's always an aviation angle, right? Uh, tell me about Dorkfest and Spot LAX. Uh, I think you're going to be there. I'm going to be there happening this coming weekend. Uh, September 9th is Saturday morning, right? I believe so. Uh, yeah, so Saturday, September 9th at the park outside the In-N-Out at LAX. I will be there with with a Hawaiian shirt on. Come by and say hi. What's the plan this year? Are you going up to the hill afterwards or just staying around? No, I don't have a car. Yeah. So I'm going to be more or less at the whim of whoever else shows up. Yeah. Um, and obviously I can, you know, take Uber or Lyft or whatever around, but trying to avoid that for the most part. Um. Coming in from a conference that had me in Den- has me in Denver during the week. So I was like, well, we're already two-thirds of the way there. I guess I should go. Yeah. <laughs> Would not have made the full trip out there, but since I had the other flight booked. Yeah. Well, and, you know, it'll be fun. It's always, It was fun when we, was we came. Yeah, it was yeah. a good time. Um, and I've got a new camera and new lens to play with for spotting, so that'll be good. It'll be good stuff. So how much time are you going to give yourself at Denver to clear security? <laughs> That's a good point. Um yeah, my flight's at like eleven, I think. I would be there by nine thirty, no later. Nine thirty, I'd say nine. That's true. It all depends on what they open and close when it comes to pre-check. Well, yeah. But if you have to get it out to sea, no, that's true too. Yeah, the train's a mess too. Yeah. Did you see they had it? They actually shut it down for a hot second on. on oh, my, co- my coworker called me. He's like, someone get out on got out on the the uh, apron. Yeah. yeah. Someone had a picture of him woman in handcuffs afterwards yeah but that's one where like they locked it down so they didn't have to rescreen everybody so i almost support that yeah yeah just like, stop even it had, even if they had the tunnels between them it wasn't a technical issue they would have closed the tunnels also so yeah. 
I, you know, it's actually a, a good point. I wish they actually had a walkable tunnel. I know it's far, <clears throat> but I, I would prefer like to be able yeah. to not take the train if I agreed. So like put a moving, put moving walkways in. you've got them in the, the terminal. I don't understand. Anyway. That's one of the good things about Atlanta. As much as I hate Atlanta, at least you can walk. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It is. Can, it is a nice feature. And if you have a long layover, you can get a little bit of exercise. Yep. I, I agree with that. Um, same with LAX, even. Like, how's LAX connecting? Didn't LAX just open one of the other sides? Yeah. Yeah, you can walk two to eight now. Which is fantastic. It's great. I mean, it takes a while, and you have to go up and down, but it's... Yeah, it's, it's like walking through an MC Escher painting. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not actually was thinking about doing it when I land on Friday. Yeah, it's... I I've, I mean, I've walked from eight to Tibet, and it's a, it's a, it's a walk, but I think yeah. the more annoying part is, like, finding where the actual tunnel entrance is in certain the parts of the... Are. Yeah, you're like, where do I go? Yeah, it's out in the middle. <laughs> yeah, once you find it though, like you know, it's not like you have to find it every terminal, right? No, no. Like once you've got it, you're like, okay, now I know this route. But well, the freaky things are still the blast doors. Yes, yes, it is weird. Downstairs in the tunnels, they go close. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah check it, out, check it out, Seth. I was, I was debating if I was gonna. If you do it sort of just point to point, it's two miles. If you add the remote pier at T bit, it becomes like two and a half. And if you actually you don't need to do the remote pier. And if you do every gate, so you actually walk past every gate rather like so up and back each finger, it becomes like four and a quarter. Did you take up woodworking as a hobby? Like I don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> like, I can't cool. saw with me to Los Angeles. <laughs> I'm just talking about the fact that you looked all this up. Oh yeah. man. It's a little map measure distance, buddy. Come on. Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, we're going to talk about some stuff in the bonus show. We got some fake spare parts, uh, Ethiopian flying into a typhoon, uh, some kid-free seating, uh, and Cuba travel not coming back. So that's for our Patreon subscribers in the bonus episode. So stick around for that. If you're not a Patreon subscriber, we do appreciate you listening to the show still. Um, we would like to hear your feedback. Thank you for correcting Seth's mispronunciation of an airport or misannouncement of an airport and uh, just telling us why you use your passport card or GE card when you travel. So leave a comment. Uh, write us a note. We'd like to hear from you and we will talk to you in the next one. Happy travels. Adios. Take care.